You're listening to the 1208 Podcast from 1208 Greenwood Free Methodist Church in downtown Jackson, Michigan. Jesus has been resurrected, and nobody believes it. It's the greatest news in history. It is the gospel. It is the thing that uh, many, many Jewish people were waiting for at that time. And when it finally happens, when it finally comes their way, nobody believes it, despite the fact that Jesus has been saying it himself. So here's what happens after Jesus has been put in the tomb. On the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. When they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and crucified and on the third day rise? And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now, it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But those words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. As I, was, as I was reading through this passage, trying to figure out where to land as we were going through Luke, this one really stuck out to me. And it, it stuck out to me because I like to think of these, these angels having kind of like a little bit of tone <laughs> in their voice. And that kind of hit me in a weird way, like, hey, why are you seeking the, the living among the dead? Like, okay, well, first off, we would expect, because Jesus died, that we would find him here. Settle down, angels. That's a pretty normal thing. But then, then the angels are like, don't you remember what he said? And as we go back through Luke, we see several times where your headings in your Bible are like, and Jesus tells them a third time <laughs> that he is going to die and be resurrected. I love that these angels just like kind of show up like with a little bit of tude. Hey, what are you doing here? Don't, were you even listening? You even know what he was saying? You kind of see this. When Jesus is ascended too, like Jesus ascends into heaven, he tells them to go and wait in the city. And if you remember the story, the disciples just stand there gazing up into heaven. Like they just stay there until eventually angels show up like, hey, (laughs) didn't you hear him go wait in the city? Why are you still here? Who are you waiting for? You know, angels got problems, you know, I I don't know. They're not super kind about some of these things sometimes. Then you go back to the beginning of Luke and you see, uh, that uh, somebody doesn't believe in angels, so he makes him mute for like an entire year. So you just, you know, angels, angels are, are pretty, pretty uh, intense signs to be believing. And when they look at the things that Jesus has said, they're like, you should have been listening. You should have caught on to this. And as I stopped and kind of dwelt on that, 
I kind of had a lot of different memories come to mind of the kinds of things that God has been saying over my life, the kinds of things that God has been saying over our church's life. And it just caused me to pause and say, man, how many things has he spoken that haven't come yet where when it comes or when it's close, I would struggle to believe it because it's been so long. Where if I was to run into an angel, it might be like, hey, don't you remember all the different things that the Holy Spirit spoke to you, that the Holy Spirit spoke to 1208 Greenwood? What, did you think those were idle words or something? That just kind of struck me, you know? And if you've been with us for a while, you know the story. And I can't tell you how many times I've gotten on the stage and, and preached these things about, like, I feel like God's calling us into something. I feel like we're getting close. And then, and then I'm hoping that, like, maybe it's that moment or it's that day or it's, it's right around the corner and then nothing happens. And then I feel kind of foolish, like, okay, I'm going to go do it again because I'm leaning into all these, these things that, that the Spirit has said throughout time. Because for me, uh, a lot of it in ministry goes back to um, a word I've shared before about uh, I was preaching one Sunday and a student wasn't listening and he came up to me and he said, hey, uh, I didn't hear your message on Sunday because I was having this vision of sorts of you being called out of like a, a meat factory into a bakery. And I was like, well, I don't know what to make of that, but if this is related to ministry, it's like, well, yeah, it you know, the meat place, it's ugly, it's gross, there's blood everywhere, it's kind of, nobody's super pumped about being in a meat place. Apparently he didn't know me very well, it's fine. Um, nobody's super pumped about being surrounded by carcasses of dead animals and all these things. But a bakery where you work with your hands and things are pleasant, and smells good, looks nice, and you're creating this beautiful presentation and it's enjoyable and people like to be there, that kind of thing. That's, that's what the Spirit is calling uh, 1208 into, calling you into. I was like, well, that's great. Months go by, don't feel like a bakery until another student has lunch with me. He's like, hey, I don't know what to say about this. I had this vision of you in a bakery. And I was like, you know, like, hold the phone. I know what this is about. That was like 10 years ago. <laughs> I didn't know COVID was coming anytime in the future. And nothing felt more meat shop than us trying to work together through COVID to stay afloat. But then throughout that time, God gave new words, the cherry blossom idea of like, you're being called to renewal, you need to repent. And so we get up and we repent and we start to see the fruit come. There are families in this room that were not with us before the cherry blossom. There are partners in this room that were not with us before that word. That word came at a time where it just felt like, we're screwed. We're not headed anywhere. This thing is going into the ground. We're going to be one of those churches that don't make it through this pandemic. And yet here we stand today. And the day before we launched, the day before we launched this model of serial church, I'm not supposed to say that word around Kayla. She told me never call it serial church. Serialchurch.com, everyone. We're going to get that domain in. <laughs> um, the day before we launched Serial Church, someone came up to me like, you smell like a bakery. I was like, what the? <laughs> like, do you have any idea what that, that is, that weight carries for me? Uh, and so um, 
That was not the only time I got that word. It was smelled again some other time. I just, I like to smell like nice donuts, I think is what it is. Um, I eat so many donuts, I radiate donut. Just kidding. I do know a guy who said he ate so much garlic, his skin smelled like garlic. Is that a thing? So can I donut that? That should be the oh man scent, Robbie. That's what you're going for. Diabetes first, right, okay. Um, Forgot what I was talking about. I got distracted by donuts. Right, okay. So uh, another word kind of starts happening. We start seeing these words about water um, uh, kind of coming our way. A, a dream about 1208 kind of being, uh, having a river flowing down it that's very deep and you can't tell the depth until you step into it. We have water literally burst out of the road over here on McNeil at the same time that somebody texts and says, I'm praying for you this morning. And then someone else says, I feel like the Lord just said, you haven't missed it uh, around the same moment. Like these, these kinds of things keep growing. And today uh, we come together around a word that we gave last week where um, it just seemed like a possibility that the Spirit was saying, like uh, kind of gave us this like thermostat image. Uh, and just the word like temperature control. And so I encouraged you last week to, to lean into being boiling lava hot. Don't settle. Don't go for lukewarm. Don't go for cold. God has called us into something, and we want to see what he's going to do. And so we need to lean in to the full passion that we have, put our heart, soul, mind, and strength into the fullness of loving God. That's what Jesus called us to. And I think there's blessing in that. I think Part of what we're looking for is in the fullness of what we can give. And I was at a movie on Friday, and I fell asleep, which is pretty normal for me at movies these days. I'm getting old, everybody. It's too dark in there. Uh, I, start, I start falling asleep, and I, I had this dream while I was out just for a second of a thermostat. And I heard the words in the dream just boiling lava hot. No, not that. I heard, I heard lavafied. Lavafied. And I just woke up from that and I was like, that's just what I was encouraging us to lean into. I felt maybe the Spirit saying in that moment, be lavified, be hot, go the full distance, don't give up. You've been waiting for over a decade, I know, but the renewal is coming, it's here. And I look at this whole list of, of points where just like Jesus told his disciples, I'm going to be resurrected. And they didn't listen. And had to have angels show up and be like, don't you remember? And suddenly it started to dawn on them. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We do remember that. That's the same kind of thing I sometimes feel in my spirit when I'm praying into things, when I'm trying to discern where God's calling me to. Often the impression I get is memories. As though the Holy Spirit is kind of calling back, don't you remember this? Don't you remember this? Don't you remember this? I have not left you just stuck in the middle of nowhere. I have been giving you little signs along the way. And it's so hard to be patient. It's so hard to wait. But that's what we need to lean into is the fullness of what, what God is calling us into, which is the fullness of our heart, soul, mind, and strength yielded over to him. And today, uh, in just a few minutes here, we're going to have a partners meeting, as we just talked about during the announcements. And that was, 
that was a meeting that wasn't super fun to put together to say that we had to have it because we recognize financially we're way behind. And when we're financially behind, that means that we have an end date, you know, unless we're able to change those things around. And it always feels like a challenge when on one hand you have the Lord saying, I'm calling you into something. And on the other hand, you have these moments of like, but how? How are you going to do that? When are you going to do that? What is it you're waiting for? What do we need to give to you? And as we as a board talked about this meeting, like there wasn't much more I could say other than, guys, I know this is not very helpful. I just, in faith, I, I feel like God's going to still take care of these things. But the difficulty for me is I know that I don't just leave everything in his hands and I have no part in it. I want to know what does he need from me? What does he need from us? How do we become lavified? Because prophetic words are not necessarily promises. Prophetic words are, uh, if you lean into this and you do your part, I will do my part. And Jesus revealed that to Jeremiah. When he gave Jeremiah an image of a man making a pot, and then the, the um, guy making the pot just broke it. And God told Jeremiah, look, just like that guy made a pot and broke it, that's how my prophecy works. I can make prophecies, and then I can decide to smash them or not based on how humans interact with what I've prophesied. And so when I look at all the nudges along the way, I find myself just crying out to God, what do you need from me? When my 1208 alarm goes off every day, usually my prayer just becomes, God, whatever it is that you're calling us into, let me be ready for it. Let me step into it. What is it that you need from me? Let me, let me give that to you. I don't want to find myself in the same place as the disciples. Disciples who are hiding behind doors when they could have been telling a different story. You ever wonder if they could have told a different story? Because Jesus gave Peter hints of what was coming. He told Peter, look, you're, you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. In fact, Peter, Satan had a plan as I've been praying, I've sensed out that Satan had a plan to devour you and destroy you. But I have prayed on your behalf that that will not happen. So already Jesus is changing, changing the course of the future by praying for Peter. Jesus saw a timeline in which Satan completely destroyed Peter, and Peter was out of the picture. But through Jesus' prayers, he at least brought Peter to a place where he was only going to deny God three times, and then he was going to get back to it. But what if that didn't even have to happen? What if he didn't have to deny him at all? What if Jesus could have had that pot smashed right there? Peter, I told you you were going to deny me three times, but then we went to the garden, and I invited you to stay awake with me and pray, and you stayed awake, and you prayed the whole time, and you didn't leave my side, and you were so ready when the soldiers finally showed up. You listened to the Holy Spirit as he reminded you of all the words that I've shared with you before this moment. And Peter, when they showed up, you didn't draw your sword. You didn't run away when things got scary. You stayed with me to the end. What if that could have been your Jesus multiverse story? Where Jesus gave that prophetic word as a warning because he invited the disciples, don't you, don't you want to stay awake so that you're prepared when this happens? And they didn't. They leaned into a different word. Where do we want to be? The Spirit's already been at work here. 
of all the years I have been at 1208 Greenwood, I have never seen the Spirit more at work tangibly in front of me than I have over the last two to three years. He is doing something wonderful and great. And we don't want to miss that. So I, I invite you, be lavified. Be hot pocket lava hot, as Jim Gaffigan would say. And that's a good note to end on, on Jim Gaffigan, I think, right there. So. There are times where you come up with these messages and you, you feel like, you know, this is just another time where you're preaching something and people have heard it all before. I get it. But just like the church and Israel and people all throughout the Bible had to hang in front of them the kinds of things that God was calling them to to keep them on track, that's what I want to do for you. Pay attention to the little nuggets that God throws your way so that you can see where you're headed. Give over the entirety of who you are. That doesn't always mean do more stuff. For some of you, it is. There's more stuff to do. But for all of us, when it's not time, it is heart, soul, mind, and strength. What are the pieces we're holding back? What is the stuff that still needs healing? What are the things that we still need to repent of? What are the places where we have apathy? Where are the things that that we have not leaned into the fullness of what God wants for us. As we start to uncover those kinds of things, we'll begin to do ministry even more fully with him. We will not find burnout as much as we will find energy for ministry. And we'll see the fullness of what God's up to. So Jesus, this is your church. It is not my church. It is not our church. This is your bride. And you love her just as you love all the other churches here in Jackson. But just as you wrote to the churches uh, throughout Asia and Revelation and gave them um, critique as well as encouragement of the places that they were at that time and what you wanted more of, so we want the same thing. We want to know what you're looking for because we want to step into the fullness of what you're calling us to. We want to be lavified. We want the river, we want the bakery, we want the fullness. We ask your glory to come, we ask your presence to come. Holy Spirit, you've been well at work and we don't discredit those moments. I think of um, reveal that we had this year, and even though that was such a small crowd, we could literally feel the spiritual, um, the spiritual atmosphere around it. That even for such a small event, we seemed worth attacking in the spiritual realm. We had demons manifest that night for literally no reason. It was just too much for them to handle in the worship. And they wanted to stop what the Spirit was up to. So God, let us be like that. Let us be lavified. Let us, let us be a threat to the kingdom of darkness. Let that little church at the corner of Greenwood and McNeil be a substantial impact for the kingdom of heaven on its city and its streets. We are yours. And whatever we are holding back right now, 
each one of us in our own way. Convict us that we give it to you. Give us dreams, give us visions, speak to us. Holy Spirit, don't let us miss a beat. We'll walk toward what you're calling us to blossom into. In Jesus' name, amen.